I don't do I don't do voices or impressions well. Neither do I, but I still do them. Yeah, I know. I just can't. I don't know how to do them. Like it's, they sound dumb because I don't know how to do their voice. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> Welcome to Namely Nineties. The podcast that takes you back to the time before smartphones, Google, and Y2K. Join your hosts as they relive the pop culture that shaped a generation and the parts that many people wish they could forget. Listen in to the conversation about how the decade defined those who spent their childhood there and how it shaped them as adults. So... Turn down the grunge and dial up the internet. Let's get started. It's time for Namely 90s. That's right. You're listening to Namely 90s. My name's Andrew. Over there is Brandon. That's me. You can find us online at Namely90s.com or on Twitter and Instagram at Namely 90s slash at namely 90s sorry i forgot what they what the handles were it's at namely 90s with the nine zero s wow and uh yeah wow um this podcast is also released every monday on youtube and you can find that at namely 90s.com slash youtube finally if you would like to support this show we'd appreciate it uh we have a patreon page which, which can be found at patreon.com slash namely 90s also with a nine zero s uh yeah well that's all the stuff i'm supposed to say <laughs> is it you're not forgetting <laughs> anything oh i don't think so yeah neither do i uh well uh happy i guess it's after the fourth of july at this point yes that was yes that was yesterday that was yesterday. still just uh just just continuing to celebrate the birth of america america uh, by lighting things on fire and watching them blow up. I actually did that last night. I didn't, I'm sure. Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, I'll be in Oregon by, by the coast, so the, it's not as much of a tinderbox as, say, if I did it in my own backyard in California. Fair enough. Yeah, there's there was like a, a fire danger sign. I saw some picture of it on the internet, and it just said fire danger, holy shit. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, fair enough. That reminds me, I, I just saw a commercial um, the other week for, and I, I think I saw it back around the holidays too, but it's Al Roker with the like Smokey the Bear like Memoji from from Apple, and but it's it's actually Smokey the Bear head just talking like it's Al Roker and Al Roker's voice is coming out of it and he's like I'm Smokey the Bear now because no one could be Smokey the Bear I'm like what yeah the the new slogan is only you can prevent forest fires by not having outrageous gender reveal parties inside of a tinder box oh I mean (laughs) I expected Smokey the Bear to say something about the incredible edible egg (laughs) My question is like you heard about that one where they lit the they lit the forest on fire with the gender reveal. Which one? I don't. There was one recently that just and happened. like another dude literally died because they fired off a cannon as part of the, the gender the reveal. Cannon. I'm Who like, a cannon? don't fire off a cannon. Um, no, because just recently, this time it was in Canada in the deep north, but not northern can- <laughs> Canada. North. I think it was somewhere in uh, northern Alberta. 
Um, it's some someone set fire and was fined six hundred Canadian dollars for setting fire to a, a small area what, of land for a gender reveal they party. Set, what they set fire to the rain? Uh <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. Wait, no, isn't that Adele? Is it? I don't really listen to. I think it's either. Adele. Well, then that Get it right. Then I screwed that joke up. Oof. Woof. It's fine. Well, what's new? Uh, well, it's just in Fourth of July, Oregon. Do, do, nothing much. Uh, just having just 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 taking vacation. Huh? Yeah, our, well, our, our, so- our softball. Well, as I uh, I just saw in an episode of Rick and Morty, Jerry, you don't have a job. Every day is vacation for you. Uh, <laughs> I highly recommend you have HBO Max. You should watch the series. I, I know every time someone tells you that you're like, nope, but I, I, there are many jokes that you would find humorous. Speaking of that, I actually saw, I watched uh, pride and prejudice, the 2005 movie with Kira Knightley and other actors, 2005 uh, Donald Sutherland. Yeah. There's a 2005 version. I thought that was the 1984 version. No, there, there's there's a um, mini series, six episode series from 1995. Oh, okay. We talked about the one with Kate Winslet because we talked about Pride and Prejudice before, and it was around the time the new movie came out. But it was because of the old one came out in the 90s. Yeah, the Pride and Prejudice in 05 is the one with Kira Knightley. Okay, she was popular then, and uh, so we watched that. It was actually pretty, it was pretty good. Um, there were actually some funny parts, strangely enough. Um, I mean, Jane Austen's known for her comedy. And it reminded me of, uh, <laughs> he reminded me of uh, Kira Knightley, you know, so um, <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson once said, she's just an ironing board with a face, but for some reason that works. And I was just like, Clarkson, you can't really say that, but he's not wrong. <laughs> I just think it's funny. It's like an app, an apt description, but it's not really so close. Like it's, You're it's so sa- close. <laughs> it sounds derogatory. It but is. It's, it's, <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I, I think I said the worst one was when I said, Sarah Jessica I Parker, the yes. family guy, <laughs> Every, yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker. So that was Clarkson. Yeah, exactly. I'm quote. <laughs> it is Clarkson. Why do I say? Okay. <laughs> You were start. so close this time. You were so close. Like, no, but Clarkson, it was a funny that's movie. That's wrong of you to say. And then, <laughs> and then, and then. Ugh. Well, okay, sorry. Anyway, um, no, but there were like, I don't know that the, it was supposed to be funny in the book, but there are these <laughs> funny moments. Like the mom and three of the daughters are like arriving to talk with uh, uh, Mister Darcy, I think. Mm-hmm. And the like the servant comes in. I've not seen any of these, by the way. Okay. The well, book. so the servant comes in. He's he says uh, some because they announce when people arrive in the room or whatever. Right. Lord Huron like, has made it like, to the party. Like, I'm doing the accent, Mister Darcy. We have a Mrs. Bennett, a Ms. Bennett, a Ms. Bennett, and a Ms. Bennett. <laughs> and it was just funny. I don't know. Like <laughs> that's pretty good. Just the delivery was. Really Suddenly so he's like kind of stalls in the last one. He goes and uh, Miss Bennett. I don't know. It was it was actually pretty good. Hmm. I would recommend it. Okay, that's when we're done here. I'm I'm gonna just 
lay down on my couch, curl up in a blanket and watch uh, 2005's Pride and Prejudice miniseries. No, it's a movie. Oh, I thought you said miniseries. No, the miniseries is the 95 one or the 94 one. Oh, was it? Yeah. I do not remember that. We talked about it like half a year ago. A thousand years ago. Anyway. Um, yeah. That. All right. That's uh, Andrew's recommendation for <laughs> post 90s viewing. Yeah. Pride and <laughs> Prejudice. That's why you tune into this podcast is for non 90s mid, mid, viewing recommendations. Mid 2000s viewing recommendations. Oh, can I say one more thing? Why would you not be? Is, you, we have many more things to say. Well, no, but before we go into the body of the episode, is it another? I, is it another Clarkson gag? Yeah, I, I no, I no. Um, anyway, I we went to Walmart today, and they have a huge selection of like retro vintage T-shirts. Many of them featuring '90s things. Oh. So there was like a Hey Arnold one. There was one with like. The, a bunch of people from Nickelodeon, like the Wild Thornberries and Rocco's Modern Life, and all those he remembers those guys. The Wild Thornberries. Uh, no, Kayla did. Oh. Um, there was like some Pokemon ones. There was a bunch of '90s themed stuff, and they're like eight bucks at uh, Walmart. So hey, check it out. Don't go to Walmart for anything else, but Na- check out their vintage teas. Maybe '90s brought to you by Walmart vintage teas. Um, so you're currently wearing a uh, Nickelodeon 90s shirt? Then? No, I literally was like, wow, I should really buy one of these and wear it on the podcast. And then we just went somewhere else. <laughs> and enough. I was like, I should buy Brandon one of these. I was like, yeah, I'll just tell him where they are. I, I don't go to Walmart. Um, the Target has the same thing. And I don't. We don't go either. But yet they had a good selection. We don't go either. Yet we were there today. One day because they, there is no toy store for kids anymore. Oh, that is unfortunate, isn't it? So. We've done the Target toy section, but the Walmart toy section is more like I prefer Fred Myers. Oh, fair enough. Uh, okay, well, so it's the July 1996 episode. Um, would you take us back? Tell us what's been going on in the a month and year of July 1996. All right. Uh, travel back with me, if you will, to July 1996. On the 4th, Hotmail, a free internet email service, launches. On the 5th, Dolly the Sheep is born. On the 6th, Harper Lee's <laughs> To Kill a Mockingbird, Mark Twain's Huckleberry Finn, and 30 other books are struck from an English reading list in Lindale, Texas, as they, quote, conflict with the values of the community, unquote. I don't think I have to oh. say the unquote part. 7th, <laughs> uh, at the WCW-produced pay-per-view event, Bash at the Beach, Hulk Hogan turns heel. Do you know what heel means, uh, Andrew? Um, sort of rogue. Yeah, he, he turns into the bad guy. Uh, okay. And he announces the formation of the NWO or New World Order. That's for all you wrestler fans out there. Because uh, I, I know who Hulk Hogan is. Uh, on the 7th, Nelson Mandela, also on the 7th, Nelson Mandela steps down as president of South Africa because he heard Hulk Hogan turned heel. Um, don't verify that one. On the 8th, the Spice Girls released their debut single, Wannabe. On the 15th, Prince Charles divorces from Princess Diana. On the 19th, uh, the 26th Summer Olympic Games open in Atlanta, Georgia, United States of America. 
Uh, on the 22nd, The Daily Show premieres with host Craig Kilborn. Classic, classic Daily Show hosted by Craig Kilborn. <laughs> and on the 28th, the Kennewick Man, remains of a prehistoric human, is discovered near Kennewick, Washington. I guess he would just be a man, not a human. I think he's a man. Yes. A, a male prehistoric man anatomically male oh right uh tv ending uh on the 14th we have muppets tonight and on the 19th we have tales from the crypt i hate the crypt keeper and in the box office we have on the third independence day on the 10th harriet the spy on the 17th Kazam and on the 19th train spotting making its I believe US premiere uh, on the billboard charts number one for July 1996 coming in from June for the first week is the crossroads by bone thugs and harmony uh, followed by California love by Tupac for the second and third week and finally you're making me high by Tony Braxton to end the month. Hmm. And since I know I recognized most of these or a lot of these for the first week in July of 1996 at number four, we have give me one reason by Tracy Chapman. Number five, the Macarena by Los Del Rio still going strong. Number six, always be my baby by Mariah Carey. Number eight, the theme from mission impossible. The theme from Mission Impossible at number eight. <laughs> uh, no accounting for taste. Uh, number 11, Ironic by Alanis Morissette. Ditto. Uh, number 18, Who Will Save Your Soul by our beloved Jewel. And number 22, Follow You Down by the Gin Blossoms. That was like Kermit the Frog singing it. Good. We won't get a copyright strike. You're listening to Namely 90s. And now back to the show. Anywhere. New month, no idea. Yeah. But. <laughs> any, any, anywhere, anywhere you want to go. Um, Hotmail, that, that was I, a surprise that I missed when I was originally writing this. It's the hottest of uh, mails. I mean, I, I know for a fact that you had Hotmail because you were the one that got me my Hotmail. Yes, I did. I did have a hotmail and then it became all about the Gmail. Right. And you also got me my Gmail. So thank you for that as well. Well, you're welcome. Um, My my pleasure. But yeah, you you turned me on to hotmail. I think I found Yahoo mail by myself because I wanted a a Yahoo instant messenger account just to be a completionist. Uh, You got to have Microsoft live messenger or whatever. Well, that was a hotmail. It was just needed a hotmail account back then. Yep. Or not back yep. then, but when the era of instant, yeah, messaging, the yeah, instant messaging, we were instant messaging. Uh, do you remember your, do you still use your Hotmail account? No, no, I don't. I've got my Gmail and then I've got my work outlook, but that's it. Uh, I, I, I think I still, I, I don't log in. Like I log in every few years, but i still send a lot of my spam to, uh, my my hotmail account if it's still even all active huh yeah that's what i that's what i used it for 
but it was definitely the original like free email and it, it mm-hmm. did what it was supposed to free email and then there's all the burner accounts that you would make to you know get free stuff and and that's what gmail's for now it's perfect <laughs> uh except they have multiple google accounts tied to different names and such so can you tell me going into another topic mm-hmm. with regards to banning to kill a mockingbird and huckleberry finn mm-hmm. You said it was in conflict with the values of the community. Can you elaborate on that? I cannot. It was Damn. just what I took off of, I think, Wikipedia. Um, okay. Let me... Actually, I, I might be able to find that pretty quick, easily. Uh, if you riff for a few seconds. Yeah, no. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's an interesting... Like, why is, like, just one little place in Texas just... just looking at a list of books and going, yep, no. I mean, I know that there's certainly, I mean, I remember certain overtones or complex themes in historical, you know, or classic fiction, but yet I think they serve as a way of learning and understanding those perspectives as to potentially avoid them in the future. Well, I remember Jackson had, uh, a lot of those or some of those books on the list uh banned as well. We read Huckleberry Finn. Did you? Yeah. I thought I saw To Kill a Mockingbird for some reason on your banned book list. I don't remember. I was in UW English in my school, gotcha. so I don't know if that was somehow different, but no, it's like especially in this day and age where you can just log onto a computer and see anything you want, questionable media. And I don't know we need to protect people from a book, you know, mm-hmm. uh, here is a clipping from a news article on the 10th, uh, titled Lindale schools banned books, including classics. Uh, they actually banned 32 books, which is what we said conflict and a trustee said the books quote conflicted with the values of the community. Uh, the school board voted unanimously to ban the books. Uh, the Scarlet Letter was also included, and Moby Dick. Yes, yeah, because it says Dick in the name. Yeah. Uh, is is Ishmael uh, problematic? I just don't get what their problem is with it. The board has also directed school administrators to assemble a suitable reading list to replace the banned books. Um, Hop on Pop and uh, what was the other one? No, I mean, it's our reading level. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Burn. Like maybe they were worried that their their uh, students were becoming too educated and uh, on the perspectives of the world and and uh, you know not becoming flaming racists. Oh, here some of the books offended many school board members and parents. Shocking, because they contained profanity and described explicit sex acts, according to a board president, John Offit, a Baptist minister. Minister, I don't recall the Scarlet Letter having. I, I actually don't recall Huck Finn having sex acts uh, unless those two homeless men were doing something much different than I thought. Mm. Uh, but I mean, yeah. Uh, right. None, none I feel like you can read those books again. Uh, I think it's allowed. We've, now. we've read Huck Finn in, I mean, we read Tom Sawyer in uh, middle school. Oh, sorry. I was in the advanced class. You didn't. Hey, you, hey, Texas, no one gives a crap about your community values. Uh, it was the parents. 
and the school board members, which are most likely made up of parents. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, we should move on. Okay, what else? I have more to say on that, but I won't. <laughs> Uh, again, it was the 90s. Uh, we we keep forgetting it was a different time. Friends was, was, I mean, Ellen had just come out on a TV show and that was probably offending their moral sensibilities as well. They had to, they had to bite back. Uh, <laughs> you want to go? Yeah. You want to go somewhere? No, uh, from here? Yeah. Let's see. Um, well, I, I, I thought we would touch on the Summer Olympic Games real quick just because okay. I remember, uh, well, I guess the Nagano Winter Olympics was the first one that I really remember. No, this was before that. Uh, I remember because I went to Disney World either in 95 or 96 and we had to fly through Georgia uh, to get to Orlando. So yeah. they had they had the whole gift shop thing set up when we went and uh, it was really cool. That's my story. Oh, you had a layover in Atlanta and you had to go and you saw the gift shop. Yeah, we had to. Yep. Yeah, I once had a layover in Atlanta. Uh, we got on the plane and. Um, How? <laughs> what do you mean? You know, uh, I thought. No, none of the places you you've I know you've flown to are near Atlanta. I went to Columbus 13 times over the course of two years and they forced and Atlanta was one of the connecting airports because I flew mostly on uh, Delta and that's their main hub. Oh, that's fair. So, but no, so this is me. I'm trying to fly to Columbus. We get to Atlanta Ew. and then they're going to put us on another plane. No, no, no. It was flying back from Atlanta. Sorry. To Seattle. And we get in the plane. It's super hot, mm-hmm. um, but they have the, the APU on. So we've got like AC going then all of a sudden it shuts down and they're like, we're going to have about an hour long delay here. We're going to have you remain on the plane. Uh, they put all the fuel in one wing. <laughs> they had to move it from one wing to the other and they had to turn off the engine to do it. Uh, I'm like, that's brilliant. so hot. And then it was the most turbulent flight I've ever had. And I almost threw up on the guy next to me. Uh, what? That's, that's terrible to, to fly to Ohio from Seattle. You had to fly down to Atlanta. Oh, no, I had to fly. And don't forget, I had to fly from Pullman to Seattle, Seattle to Atlanta, Atlanta to Columbus. It's a long travel day. I'll tell you what. And then to go to somewhere like Columbus. Ugh. Uh, That that makes no sense to me, except for if you're racking up your airline miles. Speaking of airline miles, I actually don't have a transition, but we should talk (laughs) about Independence Day. Uh, This might be a long episode. There is a lot of stuff for this. This. Um. Month. Independence Day is the Fourth of amazing. July. Yes, oh, no, and the movie, movie wise, I guess the movie. Yes, uh, yeah. Independence Day is a 1996 American science fiction action film directed and co-written by Roland Emmerich. The film features in an ensemble cast that includes Andrew's favorite actor Jeff Goldblum, Harry Connick <clears throat> Jr. Well, what? Oh yeah, Jeff Goldblum. Will, Sorry, Will Smith. Sorry. Yeah, Harry. That that didn't even make it into Quotely '90s, <laughs> which is a new game we've been playing over on the Insanely Dangerous Restaurant Pod Show. Um, you could find that every Wednesday, and we we've been giving Gaz and Dane a quote to tease a future episode of our episode. Anyway, uh, Jeff Goldblum, Will Smith, Bill Pullman, Mary McDonald, mm-hmm. Judd Hirsch, Margaret Collin. Uh, Randy Quaid, Robert Loja, 
James Red <laughs> Rebhorn, I don't know who that is, and Harvey Firestein. That sounds familiar. Uh, the the film focuses on a desperate group of people who converge in the Nevada desert in the aftermath of a worldwide attack by extraterrestrial race of unknown origin. With the other people of the world, they launch an all-out counterattack on July 4th, Independence Day in the United States. Thank you, Wikipedia. Yeah, it's a great movie. It, it's fantastic. I mean, Roland Emmerich has, in the 90s, was good at spectacle. Uh, was he kind of like the Michael Bay of the 90s? I, I think so. Because, well, uh, but like with a little bit more heart, I'm going to say. Yeah. Because yeah. he, uh, I was reading, he got this idea when he was doing press for Stargate over in Europe. Um, Stargate was another alien movie that was like, it was really well written, put together, and then they made a, a series out of it. And, um, which, no relation to the movie or some relation to the movie, but not like directly related to the movie, uh, but it's still just this and independence day. I, I feel like there's some other ones that he's done. Was Don't tell me the movie independence day was based on a Shakespeare work. Was it? <laughs> uh, no, no, this isn't a, a Disney cartoon from the nineties. Uh, I feel like in the nineties, like fighter jets were still super cool. It, it, and now no one gives to coming off a of top gun about them yeah yeah coming off top gun yeah although he he did do the 1998 godzilla movie well i think it's funny that i mean when you when you look at uh fighter aircraft they're ridiculously expensive and and i would argue strategically probably not that important <laughs> if you think about the grand scheme of like warfare at this point it's not like the 1980s True. There's, I don't think, there's I don't think the there's dog fighting. Chasing. Well, we need to we need to reserve our our statements on that until we watch the Top Gun sequel that's coming out this Christmas. Well, I don't know what each of those things cost, but they cost an, an ass ton. Oh yeah, and it's ridiculous, especially when they don't work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, so I t- I've told you this before. My one of my professors at Poly, he he designed the he helped design the f-35 uh like some of the systems on the f-35 before like back in the 80s but the technology wasn't available to to make it into reality until the last decade and then the first article i find the air force admits the f-35 fighter jet costs too much (laughs) yeah uh emmerich also did the patriot that Mel Gibson oh, movie. And then okay. it gets worse after that. The Day After Tomorrow. Oh, boy. That, that was not bad. 10,000 BC. That's bad. 2012. Yeah, 2009's 2012. <laughs> uh, 2012's 2009 was even worse. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, White House Down. I liked that one. Mm. Okay, no, I think I liked the Olympus Has Fallen one better. Yeah, it's hard. Those two just mash together. Uh, and then Independence Day, The Resurgence. No. And then uh, he's... Wait, that movie came out? Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. I was looking at something else. Um, but yeah, the, he, he did those. Did, did directed all of those. Um, do you have any memories of, of this movie? It was a good movie. I mean, 
Bill Pullman's speech. Epic. Mm-hmm. That's that's definitely one of my favorite parts. The, at the like towards when the he's end. there at the at the airfield and he gets on like the megaphone with the little like little handheld thing. Mm-hmm. And he does the whole speech. That's good. It's good. Today we celebrate our Independence Day. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Yeah," even though we're not from the U.S. and it doesn't. This date means nothing to us. Yeah. Uh, there's also like I think it was in the trailer, but the the <laughs> ship blowing up the White House. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that the, that was still practical effects back then. I think because it did like the Death Star explosion where everything just like the bits and pieces flew at the frame, like scale model explosion. Yeah, it was really good. Um, uh, there's the moment when during the first dogfight where Will Smith's like, "Oh, that's Harry Connick Jr." Uh, yep, he apparently dies. I. Will Will Smith's character's best friend dies, and then uh, not a moment later, uh, Will Smith is has forgotten about him uh, trying to survive, of course, and then crash lands and takes out one of the alien ships with him, and then after landing, goes up to the spaceship, the the alien pops out of the pod, and Will Smith just punches it in the face and goes, "Welcome to Earth," and it's just like. We later learned that the the alien, the thing that he punched was the exoskeleton that the alien wears. It's like, but like that was one of the moments that was kind of scary in that movie that when it comes out of the ship and then obviously when they're cutting into it in the alien autopsy and that thing pops open and that thing always, that always scares me every time I have to like fast forward. Oh, Brent it. Spiner. Yeah. Brent Spiner's in that, uh, he's data on Star Trek, which, uh, but as is this, the crazy Dr. Oaken. Yes. The crazy scientist guy that gets, yeah. uh, he gets the alien, like si- wraps a tentacle around him or something and s- is speaking through yeah. him. He's like super excited about the whole thing. And then he's like, some people have even come to call it the freak show. And he like turns around and everyone's just deadpanning him. Yeah. He like turns back around and just hits the buttons and <laughs> opens up. Very good comedic actor after playing data for seven Oh, years. and then one of my favorite parts is when, they, I think they've got him by the tentacle or whatever, mm-hmm. and then the all the dudes like pull out their guns and just like shoot out the window. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> so that the alien gets out. Yeah, yeah. it's like ah. And then uh, you assume that character dies, right? He does not. He he does not. He comes back in the sequel. Yeah, of course. Uh, that's the thing with TV. Anything's possible. Yeah. I mean, Jack Bauer once recovered from mad cow disease in like a day, in, in like one. Like he at the end of the episode, it was like, oh, he just doesn't have it anymore. Okay, great. Mad cow oh. disease was that the same season he got over cocaine addiction? He a, got he got over heroin, heroin. in three that's, hours. That's <laughs> three hours. <laughs> Never touched the stuff again. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, there's the moment where uh, Will Smith's girlfriend—I don't even remember his character in the movie—Sergeant uh, something. Um, his girlfriend Hill- Hiller. His, yeah, his his stripper girlfriend uh, I believe is her occupation um sh- stripper, <laughs> stripper. Not her. okay Clarkson I don't remember her her character like the, she had no character except she had a kid and a dog and I remember the they're blowing up uh, uh, what is it uh, some tunnel uh, they're blowing up and L- the dog's LA. name is Boomer you have inf- you have uh, information in front of you don't you uh, no I just know the dog's name oh, I remember that's impressive um so 
I just remember like she's running in the tunnel from the explosion, like it's just a giant fireball of, of destruction. And then there's like this little inlet that she hides in. And then like the dog, she's calling the dog and the dog jumps in to the area that they're in as the fire rushes past. And I'm like, yeah, that's not how fire works. The, it would have expand into the, the area that you're yeah, in. I agree. <laughs> Uh, oh, played by uh, Vivica A. Fox. Wait, she wasn't even in the list of people I read out? Wow. No. The Jeez, Wikipedia, step up your game. The one thing I didn't like about the movie mm-hmm. was any of, like, most of the sequences involving um... Computers? Um, <laughs> uh, no, what's his name? Jeff Goldblum? No, it's one of the supporting... Um, Harvey... <laughs> Thanks, computer. Quaid. Oh, Randy Quaid. Oh, yeah. Randy Quaid and his whole family. I hate the family so much. Like his storyline ends up being important, uh-huh. but every scene with like the kids, they're just. Uh, I just don't oh, like it. his eldest son. Always reminded me of uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> but yeah, like I just didn't but care for. He's a hero. He's he was the uh, he, he was the abduct he was the abductee that uh, then be, uh, drove a. But- fighter jet into the cloaca of the spaceship but to me the kids in that one are the same as the kids in the jurassic park movie no thanks can do without except for lou diamond phillips okay lou diamond no, phillips lou, jr yeah lou diamond phillips jr lil diamond phillips uh no well um probably move on uh seeing as we're over time uh but we haven't even talked about three important subjects yet other than i guess hotmail uh i thought we should touch on harriet the spy real quick do you remember harriet the spy no i was gonna mention actually i don't remember any of the three things that you're about to talk about. oh perfect <laughs> then i will rush through them uh there's only oh i guess i should start with train spotting let's do train spotting first uh train spotting is a 1996 black comedy drama film directed by danny boyle danny boyle known for 28 days later uh 128 hours time out black ewan mcgregor what time in oh like dark comedy yes okay the the british sorry i thought you literally meant a black comedy and i was like why is english called dark comedy black comedy oh dear okay well sorry uh ewan it stars ewan mcgregor ewan brenner uh johnny lee miller and Robert Carlyle and uh, oh, Kelly McDonald's in that. And it's based off of a novel from 1993 by Irvin Welsh and blah, 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 blah. It got an Academy Award nominated screenplay. Uh, it follows a group of heroin addicts in an economically depressed area of Edinburgh. Uh, that's in Scotland. And yeah. their passage through life um, beyond drug addiction. Other themes in the film include an exploration of the urban poverty and squalor in Edinburgh. Uh, but it's a it's a good film. I didn't watch it until a couple of years ago when uh, the sequel was coming out, T Two Train Spotting, uh, which they I, that film made me cry in theater uh, at the end. Uh, wow! It it because well, there's obviously no heroin users in the sequel. Um, well, actually, there is, but not in the same. Train Spotting was like this really gritty small film but it's still Dan- a Danny Boyle film so I had all that flair that you'd see in the the movies that I was talking about as you were finding fault with 
Ewan McGregor not being black. Um, <laughs> and then T2 train spotting does a great job of returning those quick characters like 20 years later. And is that the crossover with the Terminator? <laughs> right. The, the name I think is dumb, but it, it works. Yeah. Uh, and then so some famous scenes from train spotting, uh, Ewan McGregor's character is trying to get clean, uh, just like Jack Bauer and Hey, we tied it together. And, uh, in his, uh, hysteria, he sees a, a small baby crawl on his ceiling above his bed and then turn its head around like, uh, in, um, not poltergeist. Uh, it's like, a, that's a classic horror movie move where they like, the head turns 360 degrees. Exactly. It's freaky. Except this one was only 180. And then uh, they they do their their friend Tommy, who is like straight edge. Uh, by the way, if you're a straight edge person with a bunch of heroin addicts for friends, you might want to find some new friends. Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, Tommy gets, I think he gets HIV. So he gets addicted to heroin because of them. Uh, Naturally. after his girlfriend leaves him and then uh, he gets HIV from sharing needles and possibly AIDS. I don't know. It's been a yeah, while. If you get, if you get toxoplasmosis, you almost invariably have AIDS. You have to have HIV to get AIDS and then you get toxoplasmosis from there. Okay. Uh, because they also, they gave him a cat <laughs> and uh, to, yeah. to get, keep him company, but he didn't clean up after the cat. So there was just cat turds around his apartment. You know, Interesting, and interesting point. Can we talk about toxoplasmosis? Absolutely. I, I, My understanding... It's not good for pregnant women. Well, so oh, hold on. So okay. cats get it from ingesting raw meat. Mm -hmm. If you have indoor cats that don't get raw meat, it's unlikely they would get it. Okay. Um, and the other thing is, and actually I believe the... I'm going to say some stuff wrong here, but basically the feces don't become infective until they've been out for 24 hours. So if you clean up the litter box promptly and don't feed your cats gross old meat, you're probably fine. Uh, or also your cat you don't be a AIDS. scavenger. But uh, toxoplasmosis, I believe is one of the AIDS defining diseases where if you're just like apparently healthy, like if I just went into the doctor and they diagnosed me with toxoplasmosis, they would assume I had AIDS until proven otherwise. Oh, sorry. That's how that works. Anyway, uh, you learn something new every day. Um, Cat shit. Yeah. You know, and, and then there's, uh, <laughs> they, a choose life. They, they, apparently there's an old Scottish TV ad about a well-meaning ad about choosing life. Uh, but instead of drugs, this is, I guess before any abortion debate. Um, yeah. And uh, so they would attack stuff on to, to the choose life thing. Like, um, I don't know. I, I wish I would have had time to write that all down, but it, yeah, here in America, the choose life movement is completely different. Choose only white lives or lives of like several cells clustered together that are beating like a heart, uh, uh, but like not those of, uh, you know, racially, or socially disadvantaged racial groups that, uh, you know, get uh, shot by the police. Uh, a friend of mine. What? Who also loves train spotting. Um, we, we always say choose life back and forth to each other. We're both pro choice, but we, we say that and people are like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? So, Sorry. Every time I go to, and you can believe this, you should believe this. <laughs> every time we go to my parents' house, we drive by this church right by their exit. Mm -hmm. and there's just, there was a big sign that showed up like a few months before the election that says, choose life and every time i go by it in my head i'm like Fuck you 
every time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, well, they they mostly say it sarcastically. Uh, that's the no, the, I know, the but they're, they're saying it seriously right. and associated with all that other BS that I just referenced. Exactly. Uh, speaking of choosing life, uh, Harriet the Spy <laughs> <laughs> is a perfect segue. Right? Nailed that one. 1996 American coming of age comedy film directed by blah blah blah, starring Michelle Trachtenberg in her feature film acting debut. Oh, yeah. And it co stars Rosie O'Donnell. Yes. Shooting koosh balls all over the place. Oh, yeah. Based on the 1964 novel of the same name. Uh, it's a film that follows a sixth grade student who aspires to become a writer and a spy. Uh, it's Nickelodeon's first feature length movie, which is why I thought I'd bring it up. And because we're uh, Michelle Trachtenberg stands on this podcast and we will have none of it from anyone that uh, gives her any grief. <laughs> or maybe it's just me. Uh, <laughs> so the only thing I really remember from this, because I know I watched it, is because um, I, I, I liked her from. The Adventures of Pete and Pete. She was Nona on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, the only thing I really remember from this movie is that uh, there's a scene where one of her classmates accidentally, in air quotes, spills blue paint all over her. And she's just like covered in blue paint and uh, has an emotional meltdown. And then Rosie O'Donnell has to talk to her in a bathtub or something. I don't know. It was strange. <laughs> what bits and pieces it's in the trailer and finally uh again we're long but uh we have to talk about kazam uh do you know what kazam is you said you didn't it's a 1996 american musical fantasy comedy film uh, my favorite starring it's a black musical fantasy comedy film well it is because it stars shaquille o'neal as the title character a five thousand year old (laughs) genie who appears from a magic boom box to grant a 12 year old (laughs) boy through wishes the boy is white um many people falsely remember kazam as a film titled shazam and starring the comedian and actor sinbad as a genie Ooh, hold on let's let's retract let's be a little careful with the word comedian (laughs) Let's be a little careful there. I'm wondering where you're going with that. Uh, But this is uh, an example of the Mandela effect. Um, No such film ever existed until Funny or Die made a trailer for it like a few years ago. Um, Yeah, in 2017. But yeah, that's the only reason I bring that up. It is a terrible movie. No one should ever watch it. I would rather watch Steel before I watch Kazam. Um, but I love the, the Shaquille O'Neal quote that you have here. Would you like to read it or would you like me to read it? Sure. In a 2012 interview with GQ magazine, O'Neal said, I was a medium level juvenile delinquent from Newark who always dreamed about doing a movie. Someone said, Hey, here's $7 million. Come in and do this genie movie. What am I going to say? No. So I did exactly. it. Exactly. Yes, sir. <laughs> Very much. So. I will star in your genie movie for $7 million I, any day of the week. Yeah, absolutely. That's that is not chump change to people like us uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. It has an approval rating of 5% based on 37 <laughs> reviews and an average rating of 2.8 out of 10. Youch. Uh, did we cover everything that was important to someone? <laughs> yeah, I think so. All right. Um, I mean, we've covered Spice Girls in other episodes, and I guess we didn't really talk about Princess Di divorcing Prince Charles, but that's it for this week's edition of Namely 90s. Remember, you can find new episodes out every Monday. Find us on Twitter and Instagram 
at namely 90s with a 90s or find our personal accounts at bschwitty and at namely andrew and tell us what you want us to talk about on future episodes <sighs> long breath if you would like to support the show please check out our patreon at patreon.com slash namely 90s also with a 90s finally you can also contact us through our website namely 90s.com Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Choose Life, Deezer, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts at. I'm Brandon, that's Andrew, and we will catch you next time. Well, no, I, I like the uh, the classic like TV bleep for that.